Welcome to the Roan Podcast. Roan is the Curated Physicians Network that supports concierge, DPC, and private practices so they can remain independent without being alone. We believe that the future success of primary care requires membership-based medicine practices to thrive. Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Pope, CEO of Roamed, and I'm glad you found us. I hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Roamed Podcast. Welcome, everyone. We have an excellent guest on the show today, Dr. Jordan Lipton with Signature Healthcare in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an outstanding topic as well. So many misconceptions around uh, concierge medicine and direct primary care. And Dr. Lipton is going to give us a physician's perspective on what some of those biggest misconceptions are. Dr. Lipton, thank you so much for joining. Well, Scott, thanks for having me. Um, I, I, am, um, I am one of seven physicians at a large concierge practice in Charlotte, North Carolina. So um, we've, of course, over the years, as we've grown the number of physicians, we've had to grapple with these common misconceptions when introducing new physicians or, or trying to entice new physicians to the practice. Um, so I think I have a pretty good handle on some of these misconceptions, although there are probably tons more that we have not actually encountered, but the most common ones I will touch on today. Um, Excellent. So, yeah. And you've, you've been at this for a while too, right? We've been, we've been open for 18 years. Um, started off with two physicians, quickly added a third in 2003. And, um, and uh, we have, uh, as I said, we've steadily grown. And right now we have seven physicians about to hire an eighth and a ninth before the end of the year. Great. Great. Well, we're so glad to have you on the show. You know, uh, when I, when I think about the, the, the membership based medicine model, I'd like to put a, a single term, uh, you know, uh, over top of concierge in, in DPC there. I think there's a lot of, of misconceptions from, a, from a patient's perspective, but specifically from a physician's perspective, talk, talk to us about what you think some of those, those biggest ones are some of those biggest myths. Well, I think, I think the most common myth is that patients will call us at all hours, you know, including nights, weekends, um, including for trivial concerns that really don't deserve a call at night or on weekends. And whereas this might have been true 18 years ago when it was a new concept and people were paying what seemed to be a, a, a large, you know, a large additional fee for the, for the benefits of joining a concierge practice, that may have been more true. However, um, we've found that uh, that over the last several years, and, and it may just be that we've trained our patients well, but it's interesting with with seven doctors and a and and several of whom have full panels on an average night on call. Since we do split up the call, even though each of us might give our cell phone numbers and emails to our to individual patients for emergencies, we advise people to call the office, and it gets transferred to a to a doctor on call. And on a typical night on call, I might get one or two phone calls, usually before 7 p.m. And usually it's because they went to the pharmacy and their prescription wasn't there, or they were they flew to New York and they forgot to bring their prescriptions with them. So nothing, nothing onerous. Um, that which which brings up a, a, another common misconception, and that is that there's an onerous amount of after hours and weekend work, including hospital admissions and, and emergency department visits which is another definite misconception. We actually found that we can, um, we've created a great work-life balance because 
um, especially now that we have seven doctors, because we're not on call for the emergencies all the time. And even the people who are on call are only getting one or two calls a night um, or and, and usually in the early evening. We really don't find that there's a lot of after hours work. And I would um, I would hazard to guess that our after hours um, work in the office is far less than what a typical um, RVU based or employed physician might be working um, just to get their documentation done. Yeah. Uh, since even though we are concierge medicine and we do accept insurance in our practice, we don't really care if we bill an extra $3 for a visit. So, so it's actually not as, it's, it's important to take great care of the patient and not necessarily to spend an, an, a crazy amount of time documenting just for the sake of insurance. So, so come back to the, the communication piece, because that, that's one that I, I hear over and over again on, you know, you have to be on 24 seven around the clock and you get a lot of calls. I mean, and I think from, you know, the, in the expanse of time that you've got your practice up, I mean, the, the access that patients would have to you, you know, in the early 2000s, everybody had a cell phone, but nobody, wasn't a lot of people texting back then, right? Yeah, and, you're, you're right. So, so I do, I would say that out of my panel of patients, at least 50% of them have my cell phone number and at least 75% have my email. But I do let them know if I'm meeting a patient for the first time, and and of course those patients that joined up, you know, early on when they when when there was no texting, um, I let them know that you know if it's truly an emergency, don't rely on a non-emergent form of communication like text and 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 uh, phone and email. Call the office because somebody one another physician, if I'm not there, will take will 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 speak to them. Um, so, but, and, and, and really it's, you know, it's been, it's worked out great. I can answer the texts as I see fit. Um, if I'm off, if I'm on vacation and it's something that requires access to their chart and a prescription, then I'll just, I'll just text my partner and say, can you take care of this? And I'll forward the text. Um, and, uh, and really it's, it's just a great, it's a great quality. It's a great quality of relationship, which makes the amount of work and the after hours type of work less onerous feeling and, and more, more enjoyable. Did, uh, did COVID-19, the pandemic change that at all? Did you have more people pinging you in 2020 than you did in, in the prior years? Uh, yes and no. Uh, it's interesting because people are traveling less. Um, we, uh, we've had fewer phone calls after hours. In, in fact, I've gone several weeknights over the past 12 months with zero calls um, after hours because people aren't calling me from New York saying they forgot their prescription or saying they've got a sinus infection. Um, on the other hand, we are getting probably more questions about COVID testing in particular. Um, not necessarily sick patients, but contacts, you know, high risk contacts and exposures. Yeah. So another point that you kind of brought up there was the, the idea of, of documentation. Um, your practice in particular, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys do bill insurance um, we do in your practice. So you still do have some of the documentation, but this notion that there's no documentation that gets done um, above and beyond some personal notes you might keep, I, I think is also a complete misnomer, right? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I understand the question, but yeah, we, we, we document what is necessary to provide great care. We don't document just to meet insurance right. recommendations or, or requirements. If we, if we see a patient and spend an hour with them, which in a traditional practice might you might be able to you know bill a level five, if if 
50, if, if uh, you know, 25% of that is just chit-chatting and not really involved in medical decision-making, then we're not going to build a level five, even though we might be able to from with the time, time, um, uh, time constraints, or I should say that the time, they, there's a new thing for 2021. I, I don't even know what it's called, but we can build more for time. Um, okay. But right. we, we won't do that. And we won't document just to be able to build more. Because remember that even though our patients have insurance or most of our patients have insurance, it does end up coming out of their pocket in, you know, as either as a copay or as a, or in order to meet their deductible. So we basically, they're already paying us a membership fee every year. We don't feel like we need to nickel and dime them for insurance. That's right. That's right. Those are, those are, are great. Um, I think all great points. Other, other misconceptions that you feel are, are commonplace out there? I think number two would be that, um, that patients or some patients will demand that the concierge doctor pres- prescribe medications or other treatments that may be inappropriate for them or maybe inappropriate period um, because they feel like they kind of own you since they're paying you for whatever they want. Yeah. And that is definitely not true. Obviously, there are going to be exceptions to every rule, but we have found that um, at least in our patient panel, uh, patient practice, which has 1,700 plus patients and seven doctors, our patients are very reasonable. And if we say, you know, there, there's no evidence-based medicine to support that, or there's not even any integrative medicine or functional medicine to support that, then, and as long as we spend the time and explain to them and, you know, educate them as to why that is the case, they are not going to bother us. And if they do still want those drugs, whatever they may be, or treatments, whatever they may be, then we say, you know, I'll introduce you or I'll, I'll refer you to somebody else or introduce you to somebody else that may be willing to entertain prescribing that or recommending that treatment, but I'm not going to do it because it's just not good medicine. Yeah. And that's been, that's been an easy one. It, it, I would say it happens probably, um, probably once a year where somebody will come with an unrealistic expectation or unrealistic, realistic demand for some sort of treatment or care that is just not, not necessary or, or unsafe. And I will usually, as I said, you know, say I can't do it. And if they still press pressing for it, I'll refer them to somebody else, the expert who will also tell them they shouldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that topic of kind of doing the, the full body scan, you're looking for every exactly. single thing on a patient is I think a, a common topic that comes up in, in my conversations and something very leery of, that's been that, up until a few years ago. That was actually, unfortunately, a very common um, procedure in these executive physical programs. And um, and I had to for people who, for my patients who had pr- previously gone to see some of these uh, executive physical programs, I had to tell them why they did not need that CT, why it's it's an unnecessary dose of radiation, and that the um, the um, the iatro- iatrogenic complications of, of, uh, associated with finding a, a, um, an incidentaloma as we called it, um, were much higher than the chances of finding anything of, of, of any use of any, any, of anything that's going to impact their, their, their health or their life. So, um, and luckily I've had no one ask for one in the past several years. And, and luckily the American college of radiology has frowned upon it. So I think it's now we've got all, all people, um, all the people, including people who actually, we're making money off of them saying that they're not a good idea. Yeah. 
No, that that's that's great. What uh, other thoughts on the the misconceptions from a physician's perspective? Oh, the, I've got two more, but they're really part and parcel of the same thing. Okay. So, and that is really that it you know a lot of a lot of physicians who love their job and are but are looking for just a a better patient relationship are concerned that it might be perceived as elitist and and a, a service that only the wealthy can afford to join. And that joining a concierge practice as a physician means that you'd be abandoning your existing patients. And we found that that's definitely not true. Um, it's better to join a concierge practice and not burn out than it is to burn out and then th- then all your patients have no doctor. I mean, there's you know there's no doubt about that. There is already a paucity of of, of primary care doctors in this country. Yes. So so losing another one to burnout um, at the because they they felt like it was quote unquote elitist um, is, is makes it worse. Um, and, you know, we have, we have a, a policy in our practice that if you have a patient that can't afford the services, but you feel like they would benefit from it, then we'll take what they can, what they can afford. And obviously to, you know, obviously that, that may be a temporary thing, but we have a lot, we do a lot of pro bono work in a, in one of the local free clinics, but then for people who need true full service concierge medicine, that one or more of the physicians knows well and feels like they, they don't want to, you know, let these people um, try to find another primary care doctor, then we'll, we'll take them on either for a, a discounted rate or for free. Yeah. That, it was a theme that came up actually in a prayer episode. We had uh, Dr. Yumi Ando, uh, uh-huh. who's got a practice out in Palo Alto, California, was talking about, um, you know, concierge physicians are just in this for the money. And we, she Not talked true. about being able to volunteer and giving back to her community, which I know that is a very active part of your practice. Yeah, we, we, um, we have always been very philanthropic in terms of our time and, and, and I guess funds as well. But um, so we have seven physicians, uh, five of us volunteer on a regular basis at a local free clinic. Um, and there's somebody from Signature Healthcare there, even though there are about a total of 40 or 50 physician volunteers in the Charlotte area at this clinic, we are the only ones that are there every week. Um, and, and, you know, Wednesday afternoon is the only day that they can count on a doctor being there because these other doctors, these cardiologists that are, that are employed by one of the local health, you know, one of the local facilities or one of the local large hospital organizations, they, they show up once a year, whereas we're showing up, each of us are showing up about once a month. Um, and it's great. It, it brings, it, it obviously makes it more interesting for us because we're seeing different types of pathology. We're taking care of people with other, um, with other obstacles that our patients in our concierge practice don't have, um, mostly social, mostly socioeconomic issues. Um, and, uh, and it, so it's, it's, it's very fulfilling, not just obviously for the, for the charity, but also for us as physicians, it's a great, great feeling. Yeah. And I would never, and I would never have been able to do this in my previous job. Right. So, yeah. so, and, and again, we don't, we, we, we make it, a, we make it a point when anyone wants to join us, if, if they have a patient that they don't want to quote unquote abandon, they can bring them on even if they can't afford it. Yeah. So that that's outstanding. The, I, I know 2020 was a dumpster fire every year for, for a number of reasons, but I think you in particular, someone I consider very worldly, I'm sure that you had some international trips uh, that got canceled last year. Oh my um, God. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I guess the, I'm kind of, what I'm getting to the question that I have is, is concierge medicine only something that exists here in, in the States? 
Well, in in it in the form that we have it in the states, it's 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 the only place because, of course, this is the most um, unfortunately most unequitable capitalist version of healthcare in the world, um, and the most expensive version of healthcare. However, there are forms, you know, variants of concierge medicine or private medicine throughout the world. We have a few Rome members in Canada and the UK, and we're working on, um, you know, we I've, I've been speaking to some in the Middle East and and uh, and Western Europe and Japan. Uh, in fact, there are there are practices in Japan that that call themselves concierge practices, not just private medicine. And of course, in the UK, they've got both private medicine and concierge medicine. So it's not it's not unique to the states, but it's but but the states has a more unique version of it because of our existing healthcare system. Yeah, Jordan, you've been an outstanding guest. Any any parting words before we uh, close out the episode? Well, speaking of travel, I certainly hope that sometime soon I'll be able to do it again. <laughs> and and hopefully you will be too. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, sir. I s- totally respect you as one of the the founders of, of this movement, you saw the, the writing on the wall many, many years um, before uh, before now. And we, we see a, a great movement coming for, for membership-based medicine. I can't thank you enough for all that you guys have done to, to pave the way. Well, well, Scott, thanks for your leadership at Rome. We, we, I look forward to a, you know, a network of 500 physicians throughout the world so that anytime, anytime I have an issue with a patient in Germany, Shanghai, or wherever, I can, I can email somebody and get a great answer from them. Dr. Jordan Lipton with Signature Healthcare here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you so much. You've been an excellent guest. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Roan Podcast. If you enjoyed your time here, be sure to subscribe. If you have a story you would like to share on the Realm podcast, I encourage you to reach out. After all, we are stronger together. Now, I invite you to take a few for you and enjoy three minutes of relaxing audio. Be well, my friends.